my beautiful Selfish Babes, it's your girl Olenike Osibowale here with another Selfish Babe podcast. And I'm just so excited, <laughs> actually. I'm actually really excited <laughs> to be introducing you all to Miela. Um, she is the bad bitch witch, the high priestess, the baddie that got some magical juju on her, okay? Say hello to Miela, everybody. Miela, say hello to everybody. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Nervous, but very excited. But looking so forward to this. I see. So I want to say, um, how I was first introduced to you? How did I first come to know about you? I think it's through Instagram. And I just really admired and still do admire just the way that you share your spiritual practice. Um, I think one thing that really drew me to you was the it was the beauty in which you shared it and it was also the depth in which you shared it because there's since I've been on my own spiritual journey and my selfish babes know especially when it comes to African spirituality or any type of spirituality connected to Africa I have been able to just see the beauty and even while being in certain traditions when I talk to people that are outside of their traditions um, you know for them, it's ugly. For them, it's demonic. For them, you're going to hell. For them, if it's not the church, it's the church or the highway. And I just feel like I like for you, when I see the post, it's just like she gets it. She sees it. She's in it. You know, and it, it's like it almost comes from the it just feels like it comes from the heart. And I love that. And I love that you share that because it's just like I feel like I wish more people would, even though I know that there are, are a lot of people that and I get it, you know, uh, keep the stuff um, sacred and closed so they don't share so much. But I feel like what you share is enough. And it's enough to even change people's minds to what they thought it was. Because I feel like, you know, when we see things in mainstream media. It's kind of like that's what people see. Like, I mean, the movies just shows like people just say, oh, you're doing that voodoo stuff. But they're saying it in a derogatory way. Just like when I talk about my selfish babes, like. For just for you, in case you don't know, um, I tell my selfish babes, a selfish babe is a woman who selfishly and authentically loves herself, right? And so for me, I just wanted to twist the word selfish just a little bit more positively because you're putting yourself first. And so it's like when people are saying, oh, you're doing that voodoo stuff, it's not necessarily a positive statement. It's a negative statement. And so it's just like when I see people sharing African spirituality in a way that is just pure and in their heart. I love to see it. And that has that has been what has attracted me to just your Instagram and just learning about you. And so I know um, our selfish babes are going to want to know and they're going to want to follow you as well if they aren't already following you. But can you just tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey? And um, I'm going to ask after as a reminder, just like what makes you want to share in this way or share from your heart or just like show what I believe is they, the truth of African spirituality. Yeah. Um, so I actually would like to start with your, with like, why do I share? Um, from being an African-American woman, a black woman born in, Af- in America of African descent, um, and not having any knowledge of, th- of these things like most of us didn't before we got into it, having any access, having anyone around us, um, it's important to me to share this um, for other African-American women to see. Yeah. 
you hear a lot about us in America, black people in America. Oh, you guys don't know your culture. You guys don't know where you come from. You don't know what your ancestors. You don't know anything because we don't know where in Africa we're from. There's all these conversations about that. Yeah. And so, how can we know, or how can we? Where do you start if nobody is showing something, or nobody is? How do you start? You know, exactly. um, I see a lot of people being made fun of because of trying to find out where they're from or trying to figure it out. Um, and I think that that's messed up. So it's like we can't shun um, other black people for not knowing their culture and knowing where they're from. Yeah. We're not giving them a place to start or any type of reference point. Um, so I do share a lot and there's a lot that I don't share. Um and I know, like you said, a lot of people have opinions on like what's sacred and what's not to them. And I think that that's just an invited case by case and individual. Yeah. What you feel is sacred to you is sacred to you. And what you feel you want to share, um, don't share or don't or share. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I share because also, too, like I've heard comments about well, our ancestors didn't share. And it's like they didn't have resources <laughs> to share. Oh, you know? uh, we didn't have no damn cell phones. OK, what the hell? <laughs> there. I want to pause there, but um, I think that's beautiful. You know, I think that's so beautiful um, because I do hear that a lot about, oh, well, our ancestors weren't sharing. And you're right. I think I think your perspective is is refreshing. Your perspective is very refreshing. (laughs) I remember you are an Aquarius, right? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Because I'm an Aquarius as well. And I know for Aquarius, sometimes we are the innovators, you know, and we do things a little differently than everybody else. So I love that perspective. And I I just, I just want to say to my selfish babes, if you are not following Miela, what's your Instagram, Miela? It's underscore Miela Doshe. So it's my first name and my middle name. That is my real name. I have plenty of names, but that is the name that my birth mother gave me, and I do go by that as well. So I don't need to be called any other names. <laughs> all that. I don't even. I don't need that ego stroke. It's okay. Like my yeah. name is Mayla, and I love my name. So that is my Instagram name. I say, but if you guys are not following Mayla already, I will say just follow, scroll, read. Um, you did mention that you are a writer, and I can see that. I think that when you do take the time and you write your captions and your posts, um, people can really feel you, and I um, and it's appreciated. I think that your sharing is beautiful, and I think that's. I personally believe that that's what we will see more of in the future when it comes to maybe 
our generation practicing African spirituality. It may not be the older oh, yeah. generation because I know some people are very traditional. They're they're not going to be on social media. But mm-hmm. I will say, even for me, just learning about this stuff, I learned through word of mouth as Instagram was just becoming popular. But now that Instagram and TikTok and stuff is becoming popular, one of the most popular questions that I get is just like, well, how do you start? Where do you start? What do you do? You know? Yes. And so it's just like, I can only give so much because, of course, I can't say, well, go to this person and they're going to help you and you're going to get initiated and do all these things because they have follow up questions. And of course, I believe everybody should be guided by a trusted elder, of course. And I feel like, you know, with your ancestors, the way will be open, of course. But people always ask that. And so it's kind of like people are going to go to Google. People are going to go to social media. And what I've... Yes. And but what I get from the traditional realm is like, oh, don't go on Google. The stuff is not accurate. Don't go on social media. The stuff is not accurate. And even though I understand that some things are not accurate, it's like we're young. We have phones like we're going to go there. We're going to go to the Internet. You know, what I'm trying to say. So um, that's kind of sometimes the clash I have seen between very, very traditional and maybe um, just a new way of doing things. And sometimes I'll get, oh, well, the Internet's not accurate. And I can get that as well. But it's like that's where they're going to go. So I just want to say but thank you for sharing that. The internet is not 100% accurate. As a person who is deeply in these traditions, the internet is a great start. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, it just is what it is. Um, YouTube is a great start. Google is a great start for just the basic mundane information. Yes, I'll share. There's nothing wrong with that, and I don't. I think people need to stop acting like, oh, you got that information from Google. I mean, goddamn. <laughs> where else we gonna go? You go where else? <laughs> You know, and so this is why, and then this is why I, I post because yes, you got Google, you got me, and there's there are other women who do post a lot and speak a lot about these things. Um, and they're and it's needed, it's necessary. Um, we cannot talk about as like a collective of people, of black people, that we want to see ourselves liberated and and you know evolving as a culture and as a people if we do not talk about these things, yeah. our ancestral traditions, if we do not talk about voodoo, yes, um, if we do not have voodoo on the forefront. Yeah. Everybody's tired of being Christian and Christianity being on the forefront. And then when we bring voodoo, everybody's scared. Like, yeah. come on. You yeah. Know what I mean? so yeah. What do you want to do? You know, so the same way that we have grown up and lived our lives, seen Christianity and Islam on the forefront of so many things. I want to see the day where we just wake up and voodoo is normal. Voodoo Girl, <laughs> you're speaking to my soul. Yes. 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 <laughs> That's what I want to see. I, and I do believe that that shift is happening. We have a lot of people who are voodoo and Ifa, and you can go to the internet on Instagram and all that's all you see. Yeah. And regardless if I think this person is doing it right or not, I don't. That's not. That's not my concern. Yeah. And I know a lot of people pay attention to those particular things, or this ain't right, or that ain't right, or this yeah. house is fake, or this is fraudulent, and this and that. None of that matters to me. Hmm. I'm just happy to see y'all doing it. I'm just happy to see y'all <laughs> in the door. I'm just happy to see it. I don't know if you remember when we had the retreat. Yeah. Um, and we asked everyone about why they were there. Yeah. And one, I don't know if it was you. Or someone asked me, what do I want to get out of this retreat? Hmm. And I told you guys, I said, I'm just happy that y'all are here. To have 20-some black women come from America to Haiti to learn voodoo is my wildest dream. It's my wildest dream. And, you know, like that, that's huge. That's huge. We didn't just go to, you know, the South or we went to Haiti. And that shit was hard to navigate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and that, so it was not a, it was, it was huge. 
Yeah. You know, and so for me, I want to do that a thousand times. Yeah. To keep bringing black women through that underground railroad. Like, I say. Let's go. Let's I say. Go. You know, bringing y'all back there. So. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think that has always been something on my mind. It's just like, I just want people to know that there are other options. Because when I grew up, yes. it was Christianity. That was the option. And when I was like, well, I'm not really feeling Christianity. And at one point, I, my selfish babes know this, I was questioning my spirituality. And I was like, oh, I'm an atheist or I'm agnostic. I just didn't resonate with it. And eventually, when I went to college, went to FSU, went to FAMU after, and I learned more about just like black shit. And I learned, I'm like, oh, there's, these are the options. Oh, ancestor veneration. Oh, this feels good to my spirit. Oh, let's, oh, I'm meeting different Oshun priestesses and they're talking about these things and talking about spiritual baths and all these things. I'm like, oh, this feels really good to me. And so for me, I resonate with what you're saying in terms of the sharing. It's just like, I just want you guys to have another option. Like, I, for me, whatever people decide to do is what they decide to do. But it's like if when people don't know that it's an option or the option is ultimately demonized every single time and they're not going to take that option, then it's just like that's not fair and I don't like that. So I totally agree with you. And even when you mentioned voodoo, like I feel like that is one of the most um, what people view as scary African practices I will say that Because I feel like I can say Like right now We can say Luka me Like Ifa Maybe even Kemetic stuff But it's like When you say voodoo It's still got that I don't know about that Response from people You don't know Yes <laughs> like that response so even when you talked about uh taking the woman i want first i want to say this to my selfish babes that are listening or watching um you guys know i got all types of different women that watch and listen and so when you are listening to me let's speak just know she's speaking from her own perspective as a black woman and a lover of black women and so even if you are not a black woman listening to this podcast keep an open mind keep an open heart listen and as a black woman listen to the podcast that may not um, be into African spirituality, but you know, a little curious, definitely stay tuned and continue to listen. But you're talking about taking these group of women to Haiti. Haiti is like one of the countries that people fear. It's not even just the, the voodoo, you know, it's the actual country because even when we were talking, the trip was going on, it was just like, you talk about it all the time. It's a level, a level four, a level five. Don't go to Haiti. Don't go, don't go, don't go. And then you have a lot of Haitians who don't go that are Haitian. And so even the fact that we went to Haiti, which I believe people view in a negative light or are afraid, honestly, it's powerful. And let's talk about that. Let's get into that. Talk about, yes. let's talk about the trip to um, Haiti. I would say the colonizer has done a, a wonderful job of brainwashing our, our people. Yeah. And, you know, when people are scared to go to Haiti, it's just like outside of Rudu or whatever. I know that a lot of it has to do with Haiti being um, a, a poverty stricken country. Yeah. Um, and people just view it the way that they view it. And they've even blamed Rudu for that. Yeah, they you have. Know? Um, but it's just like, as far as black people, how could you be scared to go to the only place on earth that we know our ancestors were free yeah. and freed themselves? How could you be? I'm, I'm running there. Yeah. I want to run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how could you be scared of that? Like, y'all not scared to stay here? Like, you know, yes, we have some conveniences here, but we're going through it. <laughs> you know, one thing, when I first started going to Haiti some years ago, um, 
the 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 thing that stood out to me the most was just like the culture is just like and seeing black people in so much abundance i'm yeah. just like there's black people everywhere um and my first thought was black people in america deserve this a shame it wasn't about the poverty or the luxury or anything they deserve this close-knit culture and understanding of who we are where we come from in our spiritual our ancestral spiritual practices it was so like tight when i went when i first was going i was like whoa like black people in america need this like, yeah they deserve this yeah they deserve to see this my black daughters deserve this this understanding you know um yeah. it was colorful yeah it was bright the yes. trees were greener yes the fruit was fresher you know everything yes. i was like oh my god like you know the blackness was blackened <laughs> Do y'all not see this? Like, yeah. You know, and I want, and so when I first went to Haiti, I don't know how long you've been following me, I was talking about that. I yeah. was posting about it and posting so many pictures and I was talking about that because I wanted my followers in America to see and I'm just like, y'all don't, like, this is beautiful. Yeah. You know, and especially because a lot of people have this negative connotation about Haiti. Yeah. Um, so I always say, people can say what they want to say about Haiti. But that's they shit. They own it. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. They are a very beautiful, prideful people. Yeah. Um, hardworking people. Um, family oriented people. Yeah. Um, he is especially for black people who are wanting to get back into African spiritual practices and haven't gotten to Africa yet. Yeah. That is a Haiti is right there. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, can't, you know, then you got to Africa. Yeah, Haiti is a great entry point. Haiti is the only place, in, in my opinion, and that may be a strong opinion, that has kept our African ancestry practices alive so well. Yeah, not just in voodoo, but just in lifestyle. Yeah, um, and just in just culture. Um, when I went to Haiti the first time, I was like, I didn't see them as Haitians. I see them as African. Yes, I, was like, These are I agree. I didn't. You get it? I agree with that. Um, you know, and so if you didn't know that they were speaking Creole, you would just think that they were speaking some another African language. They look African. They live African. They do. Because they have kept that shit alive and they fought to keep it alive. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I will say when you were talking about um, just seeing Haiti and being there and what you were feeling, the first thought that came to my mind was when we were at the beach. And when you're at the beach, you see so many black people in the water. Like we're just walking so on the beach and there's so many black people. And I, I know for some people, they're like, okay, well, you see black people at, at the beach and it's not a big deal. And I'm like, no, it's a really big deal. And this is why people always talk about representation and why it matters. If you're in mm -hmm. Florida and maybe you're on South Beach, you will see black people, but you see all different types of people. And so to be in a place and you just see black people hits different when you're a black person, you know? Because if you're in America, you predominantly see different people or white people a lot of the times. You know, even when I was up in Tallahassee, I would be in my classes, one of two black people. And so that's the norm in my mind. That's what my mind is used to seeing. And then when, I'm, when I was at the beach, I said, oh, wow. It was just beautiful black people swimming playing the soccer it was just gorgeous and i was like oh mm -hmm. so I'm and it's because of black americans we live in america this melting pot with everyone but everyone else has this has that but us asians have that yeah um europeans have that can go to europe and see predominantly europeans everywhere in yes. certain places um 
you know, we're the only ones who don't have that as black Americans. Even Africans on the continent have that. Yes. They can see Africans wherever they go. We don't have that. Yeah. So when we go to places like Haiti and we saw these black people, we, we immediately gravitate towards it. Yeah. And that's what I was saying in the beginning that I see a lot of um, negative comments about that online. That hmm. like as black Americans, we're coming into these things that are not ours, which is insane to me. Because yeah. um, it is. Yeah. You know, but it's like I see a lot of us being a lot of negative comments about us gravitating towards this uh, these the, our long lost cousins and our families. You know what I mean? And yeah, I understand why we're gravitating towards it, and yeah. we should. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we should as well. I think sometimes it's just selfish, babe. Are you ready to use products that goddesses use? Okay, then you want to check out my company, Evolving Butterfly, where I create products that will help you on your spiritual and self-love journey. I have our goddess vaginal detox pearls, which is my number one best-selling spiritual womb detox for those girls that really want to start connecting to their womb space, their yoni spaces, you pray over the pearls, you insert it into your vagina for a couple of days, you physically purge, cleanse, and revitalize your yoni. But not only that, it is a spiritual and emotional cleanse. A lot of times we may be carrying on to emotional baggage. Maybe we broke up with a partner a long time ago, but we're still carrying their energy in our womb spaces. My Goddess Vaginal Detox Pearls addresses all of that. And so you want to check that out at evolvingbutterfly.org. Or maybe you want to try one of my crystal yoni washes like Pussy Power for self love or sex goddess for creative energy and pleasure energy or even wealthy women for my selfish babes that are about getting the bag and the wealth these are plant-based yoni washes they're silky they are luxurious they smell good they feel good they give you that <laughs> cooling sensation to awaken your vagina and all the bottles come with different crystals pussy power with rose quartz uh, sex goddess with carnelian wealthy woman with citrine and then they also have affirmations on the back based on each bottle so if you want to focus more on self-love then pussy power would be for you and then we also have my queen's vaginal steam herbs if you already have your seat and your gown and you're just looking to get some more vaginal steaming herbs i have the queen's vaginal steam so make sure to check out my company evolving butterfly at evolvingbutterfly.org links below Mwah. This is a hierarchy thing, a quote unquote hierarchy thing. And, and also there's people, there are Africans in Africa and different countries of Africa that do not fuck with this shit. They do not fuck with African yeah. spirituality. They is only Christian. That's what it is. And if it's African spirituality, they may look at it negatively or they only use it for one or two things and they're back in the church. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is. I think that. I, again, would love to see people continue to gravitate towards African spirituality that really have that calling in their heart and just like you want it to just be like one of those, oh, it's just a normal thing. Like, there's no judgment. Oh, she she practiced voodoo. Oh, okay, she practiced Ifa. Oh, she, she you know, it's just a normal shit. So, <laughs> yes. I agree. And I know right now, spiritually, what I'm being shown and told through spirit, through dreams, and through my experiences is that these spirits, don't care don't care where you're born in the diaspora they don't care if you were born in freaking wisconsin and you glad if you if you're listening if you understand they're they're speaking to you they're speaking to you and they're coming to get you they're right now spirit <laughs> is working with who will listen who understands and this day and age spirit is working with like they are working through our technology i say they are the, the, the same technology that people are like backwards and stop talking spirit is waiting for this was waiting for this day where we can they can connect all of 
and our ancestors connect all of their children. I mean, don't y'all feel like y'all get messages through Instagram? I be feel like I be, I'll get a message through Instagram. I know my ancestors sent me that post. Okay, so yes, I agree with you. <laughs> this is their wildest dream where all of their descendants could have this giant conversation. Ashay, yes, you know I mean? yes, yes. I totally agree. So I want to talk about um, the where's the. Uh, where the waters meet retreat and just kind of get your understanding about like how it came about why you wanted to do it and how your experience was um birthing it and seeing it come alive mm-hmm. so me and my sister my sacred sister mambo lani um i we actually started talking about it after i was her doula yeah. um she had her beautiful baby in haiti and when i got back home we were like we gotta do something together yeah. we had to bring our work together yeah um and so we were like you know i had already had the hoodoo class and she had like a voodoo farming but yeah. we wanted to bring hoodoo voodoo together and which is, has always been my one of my motives to show the synchronicities yeah um between the two especially for american people black american people yeah um and so i was like let's do a hoodoo voodoo bringing this together showing the differences showing their how they're the same. Um, and I was like, and I said, we got to bring them all to Haiti. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, we started talking about the course and then we, I started thinking about the name and what it, what that looked like to me. Um, what I imagined our class is a bunch of, in the, what the class, what I felt it meant. Yeah. When we were creating it. The way I perceived our conversations is like, we're bringing different black people from all over the diaspora to this middle yeah um bringing them back to africa essentially yes um and i was like we're bringing us all through the water where you were dropped off where your ancestors are dropped off where your ancestors dropped off your ancestors dropped off we're bringing y'all all back yeah it don't matter and so that's why we came up with the name where the waters meet yeah because where the water you know so yeah um yeah we have been working on it for a while in secret yeah. Um, before we actually started letting out enrollment. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about the journey of the days, because I can tell a little bit of y'all, because I know on my last podcast in- interview, when I had interviewed Mambo Lanise, we talked about it a little bit as well, and I've shared a lot of it as well. And mm-hmm. for me, I feel like you guys really immersed us in Haitian culture, um, mm-hmm. in community, in voodoo culture, like, you know, I said I came there to learn. You know, that's really what yeah. I came to learn and experience. And I saw and I experienced and I learned. And guys, it was so beautiful. And like, even the fucking spiritual bath, bitch. <laughs> she gave us a traditional fucking spiritual bath. I was like, telling y'all, like, it was the real thing. It was the real thing. Yes. 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 We did have two. And so let's just kind of talk about, like, I guess, like, that bringing that together your experience doing that and just a little bit a little mm-hmm. taste of what that was um yeah so the baths were magnificent um baths are something that are is done through all i believe all of our african practices everything can be cured with a bath yeah everything can be cured with some water some Florida water some some holy water in the church <laughs> you know what i mean like everything yeah. can be cured with that water um and so um that was one of the things that immediately we were gonna we were gonna do yeah. was uh bath um and then you know like we 
you guys went and we forged the leaves. Yes. And the same leaves for the bath, we used for the tea, like all of those things that go together. Yeah. Um, it was beautiful. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want to. We left y'all. We left y'all. We sent y'all home with that sweetening bath. Y'all was sticky. Yes. So y'all could go home and get y'all blessings stuck to y'all. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just um I have two things to say because mm-hmm. that retreat um. I really felt like it was a really immersive experience into voodoo as well as uh, Haitian voodoo. And I feel like that experience was mind-changing and mind-shifting when it comes to what Haitian voodoo is. And it was beautiful. And I felt the same way I felt when I learned about Lukami, about Ifa, when I learned about the Orisha. So now I'm learning about the Loa. And being able to, and I've talked about this already, but being able to see them come down, come through, hug, greet, talk, speak, um, was really profound for me. And then I had mentioned for some people in my last podcast, just even meeting Baba Ogu was amazing. Like that was like one of the top (laughs) top things, highlights for me. (laughs) And, you know, I remember sitting in Mambo Lanisa's yard and it was right when we were eating and after, um, Papa Ogu came and, you know, the sun was setting and the Haitian music is playing and we're all in white. This is after we took the baths. And I was like, this is amazing. And in my mind, I'm like, this is a part of what true abundance is. It was a sense of peace. I'm listening to Haitian music. We're being fed. We're sitting in community chatting we're in a yard with trees and like freshness and i know that for some people like they may not understand what i mean through my mic or through the video but it's like you know i'm jamaican so i do go back to jamaica at least once a year and like being in a yard with trees and fruits and shit is nice and it's just like to sit in your yard the sun is set and you hear little animals making their noise oh i can't describe the type of peace that is the type of peace that brings to my heart when I first went to Haiti, I'm like, this is what y'all calling for? Y'all don't see this wealth? Okay. Y'all don't see this abundance? Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Like, what are we? Are we not seeing the same thing? <laughs> no. We're not seeing the same thing. People are truly not. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, so. I, I, sometimes I just see and some don't. And that's why I said spirit doesn't care where you're from in the diaspora. They speak into the ones that got the eyes to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, even there... Um, I think it was at the f- the last one of the last feds that we had and Papa Ogu had come down and he said to a few people, he's like, oh, this cannot be your, your only time coming to Haiti. And I feel like that was such a good message for me because in my mind, like back in the day, I was like, oh, I want to go to Haiti one day, but I want to go in a group. Like it, that was always been my thing. I want to go to Haiti one day. I want to grow in a group that because I didn't know anybody yeah. that was Haitian. I don't speak Creole. And so to be able to see that trip come up and for you and Mambo Lonis to put it together and for me to actually go with a group, which is what I actually wanted. And even more than I wanted, because at that time I wasn't even thinking about Haitian voodoo. I just like, I want to just go to Haiti, period. Yeah, and so yeah. to just experience that and know that, oh, you know, come back again. Like this is not, this should not be your only time is beautiful to me. And I know we have already said thank you, Mila, but I just, I really want you to continue to be proud of yourself because the fact that you did bring us to Haiti 
is powerful. <laughs> like literally, it's powerful. I have never seen anybody do that, and especially to come and learn about Haitian voodoo and hoodoo at the same time. You know, like like you said, it's like the underground railroad is bringing us back to our roots, and it's just <laughs> like yes. <laughs> And I, girl, girl, I'm like, I'm just not remembering that. I was just thinking about that when we were there, but I'm like, you were right. The actual journey there (laughs) and the journey back, girl, girl. Yes. No, you're right. You're right about that. But I just want you to be proud of yourself. I know your ancestors are proud of you. And um, it was just so, so, so beautiful. Um. I did want to get into this because you had mentioned this in one of the calls that we had, I think, when the trip was happening. And um, it was kind of about your spiritual journey. And you mentioned getting a candle, I think, from House of Hoodoo, and you just really needed some money at the time, and you needed that shit to work. And I just kind of want you to take us through that story for our selfish babes that are maybe just starting out their spiritual journeys. But, like, what brought you here? Like, how, what what started your journey, your spiritual okay. journey? Yeah. Um, so I was living in Miami at the time, and I was having dreams of New Orleans. I'd never been to New Orleans. I had been to smaller parts of Louisiana. My mom's dad, her whole family side is from um, different parts of Louisiana, New yeah. Orleans, the rest of Louisiana, Monroe, where I just was there, and I had my farm. Um, she didn't know them. Um, her dad died when she was 11, met him like twice, Didn't, so never had communication with that family. But I had been there for other things. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, why am I dreaming about New Orleans? Like, I've never been to New Orleans. And at the time, because I didn't grow, with, grow up with my mom's dad's side of family or didn't know them, I'm not even correlating that my ancestry is from there. Yeah. I'm just like, why the fuck am I? Because I'm like, I don't know these people, so I'm not thinking connecting the two. Yeah. And so, and they were a happy ass dream. <laughs> That's so good. I was, going, I was going through a lot in Miami at the time. Yeah. And I had been thriving in Miami and shit just started to went down fast. I mean with a couple weeks fast. Wow. Like gone, gone, negative count, everything gone, gone. The relationship I was in, done, you know, house, eviction, all these things. And I said, you know, I gotta move, I think. I think it's time to move. Yeah. And I had like forty dollars to my name. Mm. And I went to the casino in Miami and my friend she was like what you want I said bitch what I got to lose $40 so I'm about to go play this $40 I went to the casino and was there for three hours slow playing yeah and I ended up winning like almost $4,000 in a couple hours wow and she was like oh my god now you can pay your rent I said nope I'm moving to New Orleans wow I'm taking this money and I'm leaving wow like, well, you don't know anybody who's like they're telling me to go everything and I got this money so to, to go, hmm. not to stay here. Hmm. They let everything fall so I could leave. They blessed me with the money to move. So, Wait, I'm gonna pause you. I'm gonna pause you there, and I may pause you in the store because this is really important. This is really, really important because I want my selfish babes to kind of connect this. What made you know? That it was time to go. What made you know? Hey, no, I'm not going to pay my rent and stay here. I'm getting the feeling to leave. Take us there. Yes. I was hitting the ceiling. Yeah. I was also a stripper there, a, a very popular, great stripper there. I made tons of money, and I was walking to the club, dolled up, beautiful, couldn't make a dollar. Wow. A dollar, wow. A dollar. Not, not leaving with a little bit. One dollar was leaving with nothing. Wow. I was like, okay, this is happening. Yeah. I had a great relationship with a great provider man 
who just at the time was going through his own stuff and couldn't help me. Yeah. So I'm losing my house and he was like, babe, I don't have it. Yeah. And we were going through our own things and we were breaking up, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I had a little eviction letter on my door. I never had seen that before. I'm yeah. Like, what is happening? And I kept saying like, I know, I know that I'm about the spirit is that whoever, and I wasn't even deeply spiritual at that time. I wasn't even like in the shit that I'm in right now. Yeah. I said, I know, I know, I said, I know God is not going to let me fall like this. I hmm. know this is not happening. Hmm. Like, why would they do this with me and my baby? Like, yeah. I know this is not happening. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't believe that I, that God at the time I kept saying God, one thing spirit answers. I said, I don't believe that God. Yeah. I wasn't even deeply religious. Yeah. I wasn't raised like that. Yeah. I just kept saying, I know God is not going to let me fall like on I'm my shame. face like this. I'm and so I took those things around me as a sign to move. Hmm. I feel like if I would have took that money and paid my rent, I would have hit something else harder. Hmm. Something else because I'm not listening. You're not being spiritually obedient. You're hmm. not paying attention to the signs, you know. So I took that money and I like you know the people didn't fuck with my credit or nothing. They didn't so they didn't put the eviction on my. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I never know to this day what the people did. Yeah. But I took that money. Um. Did not have a place. Packed my car up. And went and got a U-Haul and hooked it to the car and put New Orleans, Louisiana and followed the blue line on my phone. Wow. And while I was driving those 11 hours, 12 hours with my daughter, a cat, a dog, and a car full of stuff, <laughs> um, I looked for Airbnb. Yeah. And so I got this Airbnb and I paid it up for the two weeks. And by this time, my money was getting low. My money was getting low. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm out here. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Wow, this fucking U-Haul. Like, like, you know? Yeah. And I said, I need, I need, I need, I need a miracle. Yes. I, need, I need something. And so House of Hoodoo was real popping. And yeah. And I was a big fan of her. Yeah. Um, online. He saw me to a store. Yeah. And I just grabbed the money. And I'm like, you're going to do, this is going to work. Yeah. It has to. Yeah. It has to. Why wouldn't it? And I went home and I just, I had no office. I'm an Airbnb. I had nothing. I just like that bitch and stare at it and cry. And I'm like, I need you to do something. Like, if, if this is what y'all say works, this candle, this magic shit. Yeah. It has to work for me. It has to. So if nothing else is working, I'm staring at it. I mean, I'm, I'm kidding you not. Within like less than an hour, an old customer of mine, a customer of mine came through with a shit ton of money and got and I got a place the next day. Wow. And I don't believe that. I'm not saying that it wasn't her candles power, um, or her own magic, but I know that my own heart and my own everything and trust. Yes. Trust in in magic. Whether it was her, she's a she's a mumble too. Yes. You know, trusting in voodoo because. That's what it was. Yes. I wasn't a part of these things yet. Yes. It's just believing that it was going to be, and they, got, they was like, I got you. Wow. Now you passed the test, bitch. Mm. Yeah. Get your house. And Girl. <laughs> wrapped me around so fast. Like, I turned up my, this is where my spirituality and my business went through the roof. Yeah. Through the roof. I mean, I, I feel like, a, you know, it's an overnight success. Yeah. That's how it felt after that. After I broke those barriers of trust and understanding and just listening spirit, I still have pictures of like in that Airbnb, I was writing letters to myself and my baby was sleeping in the bed and my dog was next to me and I was just crying, writing. I'm like, cause I'm a writer. Yeah. And when I get emotional, I start writing. Yeah. And I, I took pictures of that. Yeah. You know, I took pictures of when I got the place and the check, the cashier's check. I'm like, God damn, you know, like, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm like, you got that candle? <laughs> I started to dig. I started to dig. Yeah. 
Also, too, backtrack a little bit. When I told my mom I was moved to New Orleans, she was like, well, you know, that's where my dad's family was from. They're yeah. all from out there. And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot. Like, our fucking ancestors are from this land. Yeah. And so I'm like, this makes sense because the dreams I was having was me sitting down and people around me dressed in white dancing. And oh, they sure. were hacking. And it was oh, in sure. New Orleans, and I'm looking at Bourbon Street. Yeah. And it was, like, fun. And I was just like, well, these fucking crazy-ass people dressed. You know, they were black people dressed in white. And it yeah. was like they were dancing around me. Yeah. And that's how it felt once I overcame those, hmm. you know, those those trust things that I had with spirituality and trusting myself and belief and all these things. That's how I felt. I felt like New Orleans just wrapped her arms around me. Like, now you're home. And yeah. it went up from there. Um, I was able to learn about who my mom's side of the family is. Yeah. Um, and that's why I learned of my Haitian ancestry through that side. Yeah. Um, through my Louisiana ancestors. Once I learned of my Haitian ancestry, you could tell me that I was like, this is a, is what? Yeah. Um, so now I'm like intrigued because like you, like you said in the beginning, I'm like, so immediately I'm thinking, Haiti, voodoo. Okay. What does this mean? Yeah. Like, what does this mean? Yeah. You know, and so I started to dig. I started to dig. Um, and yeah, that's how it started. That's how it all started. Faith, 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 faith. Okay. As you had said, faith, um, yeah, like I paused you and I wanted you to go deeper into your action of taking that those four thousand dollars and moving. Because that to me that's really important. Um when it comes to just being on your own path, your own spiritual journey, and as you said, your intuitioning and listening to yourself, because you are aware. To some extent you are aware. You noticed, hey, my money is not looking right. Things is falling apart here. My relationship is not working either. And then you're also getting these dreams and these messages. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that you took that money and didn't pay your rent and stayed comfortable where you were, but decided, bitch, I'm about to go move here. Not really knowing too much about the location there. It's just like, yeah. Yes. 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 And she's looking at, you know, when you have a, when you're a mother, you have a child, your baby's hoping that you know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. And I see, you know, and there was a moment driving down that highway where Nala was sleeping in the back seat, and I just cried and prayed. I was like, God, if this is where you want me to go, please, let, y'all gonna make me cry. Aww. So it was like, I was just like, God, if this is where I'm supposed to go, driving on this dark-ass highway at night mm. with a fucking U-Haul connected to this car, mm. and my life in the back of it, wow. and my cat and my dog. Wow. Not just following a blue line to a city I've never been to. Yeah. If this is where I'm supposed to go, I need I need you to show me that this is where I'm supposed Ugh. to be. I need you to Damn. let me know that this is where I'm supposed to be. Like I have my child. You can't like God don't do this to me with my baby. You know, and so it's like and it was everything I was it was exactly where I was supposed to be. Exactly where. Even to the point when I I mean to say when I did find the house because that money was dwindling a little bit until yeah. God gave me a bunch of money. Yeah. Um but I had the reason that I had got the candle too, I missed the part. I did find the house, but I didn't have enough money for the deposit. Hmm. So I got the candle. Yes. And prayed on that aspect of like needing enough money to get this house. Yes. When I got to the guy, because I had already told him I didn't know if I had enough money for the deposit, but he wrote me back. Yes. And was like, don't give me what you have. It's okay. Wow. And I only moved in there and gave him one month. Wow. Even though I had the extra money. He still was like, so where he's seen I was a mom. He's seen me pull up with the U-Haul, like this single mom, yeah. this, this fucking baby. 
let me help this girl, you know? And he did, you know, and he was great. Man. So, yeah. Me love boy. Let's tell you, girl. Girl, I'm just, I'm like processing all of that. And it's just so much to say because I'm just like. <sighs> it was hard to because um, not just faith, but Miami was my comfort zone. Yeah. Stripping was my comfort zone. Yes. But the relationship with this man, he's still a, my closest friend today. Yeah. Um, just talked to him this morning. Yeah. Me and him, my relationship was ending. And those things right there were my comfort zone. Hmm. I'm like. You know, how am I going to make money if I'm not dancing? I yeah. mean, I was been dancing since I was 18. Wow. Uh, 19, wow. you know? Yeah. And what am I going to also do without this great man that I have? And yeah. why is this happening to our relationship? So I left like that. Even when I moved, I was on the phone with him driving, and I was just like under this impression that he was coming, and he was hmm. not coming. You know, like. But I why were you under the impression? Did he tell you that? No, no. Okay. No, he, he didn't. And I, the Lulu. <laughs> This man is coming. I even had conversations with myself. Well, if I can't figure it out here, I'll just dance in New Orleans. Like, yeah. Playing those games with myself, hmm. knowing that those were the things that I had to break from. Hmm. Um, as great as that relationship was, that was not my person to be with. He's my best, one of my best friends today, and I think that he was a man. He is the man that set that that standard. When you see me talking on Instagram about what men supposed to do, it's yes, I had it. Yes, I had it with a great man. When I tell you providing and just amazing i'm talking about that yes and i believe that his purpose was to set that standard for Ashe. me not to be my husband or anything like mm -hmm. that um, so yeah <laughs> okay i got a lot of say okay i got a lot of say because even that brings me another thing but just you talking about your journey getting the money moving to new orleans baby in the back trying to figure out the house praying praying honestly sitting and praying for what what the next thing is yes class i talked about that what we were doing the candle what when when mama lanise was doing the uh i think she was doing the oil lamp and i taught the candle next yeah and i said whatever you gotta do if you gotta drop a tear in that to let them know to let them know yes <laughs> i i just want to share like i feel like what Mayla has just shared um, has brought up for me that sometimes on I mean of course life in general but I'm just going to say on your spiritual journey shit is not easy all the time and what you just shared is like going from one whole new place to another place baby in back driving alone figuring it out on your own letting go of what you once knew for something new but not really fucking knowing what the new thing is yet that's fucking hard, y'all. Like, it, it, it would have been just so easy for you to just pay your rent and stay there. Like, literally. And so, for my selfish babes that are listening, I just want you to just understand how easy it could have been for her to just stay and how much strength it took for her to leave and to go somewhere different. Yes. 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 Letter on my door. That means bitch her out. Me and my homegirl, because she was staying with me at the time, and she was just trying to help. She was emotionally, like, you know, there. She didn't have yeah. money either. We both stripping, broke as fuck. Yeah. You know, and she was just like, oh, my God, like, what are we going to do? Like, he's like, and I was like, I don't know. We leave out the house to take Nala to school and the fucking letters on the door. And I'm like, bitch. Yeah. This is it. Like, you know. And yeah. So that's, it wasn't, making that money wasn't like, oh, my God, that's my rent money. It was like, oh, my God, 
time to go. Yeah. Thank you, Spirit, for giving me. And four thousand was a lot because by the time I had paid for the U-Haul, that was they took like a thousand because of the distant miles I was about to put on it. Yeah. All these different things. Um, the food, the Airbnb. By the time I was yes. trying to get a place, that's why I didn't have a deposit. For that yeah. Um, yeah. And I just was like, I need money to come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? And it literally did. An old customer. I hadn't talked to him in years. Yes. Like, How are you? Yes. I'm like, nigga, I'm in New Orleans. And that's a motherfucking miracle, okay? Ask no questions. Yes. Contact me, y'all. Yes. And that is the miracle. But that's what I'm telling y'all. And I think this is this is kind of what drew me to Ancestor Veneration. Because even though I know it was a candle, it was money candle, and you was praying, and I know you was praying to God, spirits, or whatever, but I know your I know your ancestors came through for you. And for me, like this is why I love it and why I just oh that reciprocity is so important for me is because life can be fucking hard. Period. And so for me, when I found out that I have the support of my ancestors of great character to fucking help me, and I just need to call on them, invite them in, give them some food, candle, whatever I need to do to strengthen that connection so they can help me in this life, and I am not alone, especially spiritually, opening up doors. Oh, oh, who was uh, Miela's old customer? Let's let's have him call her up and, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, making connections like that. <laughs> Mm. Um, on another thing too I'm going to send you this picture I have it on my Instagram page it's like the second picture on my page and okay. I talk about humble beginnings because once I moved into that house I still was not like knowing spirituality and voodoo yet I still yeah. didn't have that concept of these altars and things I started putting things together and I didn't have tables Yeah. and I set up a space in the corner of my floor with like a bowl with a piece of bread some wine and a bunch of little trinkets that I had that yes. I believed more magic yes and they, nobody taught me it was just str- strictly just me thinking that this is what this is yes and feeling it from here yes here. so my baby would go to sleep at night and i would sit in, the, in my living room with just these candles and just thinking and praying and i started digging i started digging with myself <sighs> and i started digging with my ancestors I um and when i don't know anybody who's from or been to new orleans that shit is loud yeah the the energy there is loud yes you know what i mean and so that's what I mean by New Orleans just grabbed me. Like, my ancestors was like, finally, bro, you goddamn made it here. Get your ass over here. We got a lot to tell, show you, tell you. Like, we've been waiting for someone yes. in the blood and the family to get back to yes. New Orleans. You know, that, yes. that has the eyes to see. Okay? Because, again, I have family there. But that doesn't mean they have eyes to see. Yes. I've got a lot of families that still confused. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You're the one. You're the one that's actually doing the work. Yes, yes. On the land amongst our ancestors, I wasn't there. They had to pull me yeah. from Florida, from my yeah. relationship, from my comfort zone, from my little house that I thought was the shit. <laughs> they pulled me to this whole town. Down that fucking door, I drove to New Orleans, y'all, in the pitch black. Yeah. With my baby, and they brought me there, and I was just praying. And so they pulled me there, and they were like, finally. Yeah. Finally, we got somebody. And once I once I started sitting in with those little altars on my floor, I'm yes. like, oh my gosh. Yes. These little tiny little setups in the corner, I thought they were so cute. And I was like, yes, I'm doing it. I'm witching. I'm big witching. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so, but they were. And you know, I tell, I, te- I talk about this in my Hulu class. Yeah. That is when my magic was the most powerful. I right sure. now, I'm kind of just like floating in the ancestors, just got me in the spirit. Like, hmm. yeah, you figure it out yeah but then is when my shit was like 
Mac and white. Yeah. Because I was from here. Because yes. it was from the heart. Hmm. And that's you know, powerful. Like, and I had less tools. Yes. And that's why yes. I get where I am now. I got rid of a lot of tools. I don't have these lavish altars that I had. Yes. Because I want to. I want to go back to those. Yes. Humble. Yes. Here. Yes. No. What yeah. Miela's saying is true. Um, when she's talking about from the heart. Um, spirit sees your heart, fills your heart. Um, mm-hmm. Your heart is very powerful. So when she's saying she's putting her heart into the work in what may look like a humble altar is actually extremely powerful. Like she said, it's very That's potent. Right. Yes. And you know this now with you have be- becoming to Haiti. Yes. And I talked about this too. Like them mumbles out there don't look, they ain't wearing head wraps and waist beads and, and locks and they're not walking around the street looking like a priestess. Exactly. You exactly. Know, you would not know. It That's you're true. Not truly, you're truly not supposed to know. Hmm. And I'm learning this on my journey as well. This hmm. is something that I learned. This is not something I always knew. Hmm. Um, you're not supposed to know that I'm a priestess. Yeah. The public to the public eye. Yeah. You're not supposed to know that I just got out of initiation less than a month ago. Yeah. You're not supposed to know that I went to Africa and did X, Y, and Z. You're not supposed to know that about a woman, a goddess, a priestess. You know, yeah. You, our magic, part of the magic is the trick. Yeah. You know, I'm supposed to disguise you. Yes, 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 I know, and that's what I was saying. We're gonna get into that because I want to talk about that, but I just want to share. I just taking it back again to my selfish babes. Like Miala talked about, Miala talked about being in corners of her house with the candle, with a bowl of water from her heart. Yes, and so again, I just want to highlight that for my babes who are really just. Like, I want to start and I don't know. Bitch, she just gave you the basics that are powerful. And it's like, and I re- can remember when I was in my, I was in an apartment and I shared it with, I think, three other girls. And I had my little altars and I remember my little altar for Ogu and I had a green cloth. And I was just learning as well. So when you're talking about bringing it back to what we used to do, <laughs> I'm thinking about what I used to do. Okay. So it's just like, you guys don't need a lot. You know, it's just like the candle, the water, the food. Teaching hoodoo. Yes. Why hoodoo is so dope in reference to what our ancestors did because they didn't, they didn't have a lot. They yes. didn't have the, I won't say the knowledge, but as uh, I will say maybe as time went down, they didn't have the knowledge of the spirits. Yes. They didn't have those names that we have now, those Dantors, those Fredas, those yes. Ogus, those Labas, those Dambalas. They didn't have those names. Yeah. But they had this. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? She's putting to her heart, y'all. She's putting to her heart if you're listening. Listen. Yes, that's all. They had... Oh, sorry. About that. No, it's probably... <laughs> yeah. um, they had their heart. Yeah. Least, yes. Um, wow. They had just inner wisdom. Wow. You know, my best friend is an astrologer. And yeah. And she just be coming off the top with this astrology. And I'm just like, how do you know? She's like, in the soul house. I'm like, how the fuck do you know this? Yeah. Stuff? You know, that's not my strong point for anyone listening. Yeah. And so what I realized with her talking to her one time, I said, you know what you remind me of? You're like those ancestors who were on the way to freedom, those runaway slaves who knew to look at the stars. Yes. Like, yes. The, the, you know, we're going to follow the drinking board. We're going to follow the North Star. Like, who taught them that? Yeah. Who taught our ancestors who could not read and write? The, to follow the goddamn stars yeah. and to trust and yes. trust that to yes. trust that this shit in the sky is going to free you but that's you that spiritual that's that spiritual knowledge that's just given to you whether it's through yes. a dream through a feeling through a knowing that connection you know yes 
And I feel like as black people, that is in our, it, 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 it's in our spirit, you know, like, and especially when you're in a time of breaking free or trying to get freedom, you got your baby on your back, your baby in the back seat. Yeah. You're looking at them stars like, <laughs> you, I know you got some answers for me. You yeah. Have yes. You know, because if, again, put into context, our ancestors could not read or write. Yes. Could not read or write, have no, you know, nothing but just this faith-based in subconscious memory of where they may have come from. Yes. The same way we do it in America as well. Yeah. We have a definite subconscious memory of where we come from ancestry, especially women, because everything is womb from womb to womb to womb Ashe. to womb to womb, to womb to womb. So we could trace that womb all the way back to Africa. Ashe. You know, and so that and so the subconscious forgets nothing, whether it was something that happened this morning or happened 25,000 years ago that you forgot about this mm. morning, your subconscious doesn't. And so hmm. I feel like our ancestors who watched, who knew to follow them stars, to run away to freedom. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing. It's that faith. It's that understanding. And that's, I told her, I said, that's, the, that's who you is. That's what my sister said. My best friend said, you the ancestor who is leading us in the front. Like we're going left, north, right, you know, follow the river. And I'm the one in the back with the gun, like y'all going to be free or else. Yes. <laughs> You know, um, I just want to bring up a point because you mentioned just our subconscious memory and remembrance. And there was a time um, I had got I was talking to this lady and um, she does like a lot of womb and yoni work. And I was just telling her, hey, I've noticed that sometimes when I'm around men, I just feel like the sense of unsafety. And I don't know why it's just been that way. I don't know why. And she was just saying, like, in a past life, I had a lot of power. And men would always try to take advantage of that power and violate. And which is why I could be a little guarded around men in particular. And I said, well, and she was just saying, you know, past life, past life stuff. And so when you're just talking about like our subconscious memory, whether it be in this day and age or whether it be 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years yeah. ago, whatever. I'm like, that's very, very true. Now, I want to switch gears a little bit because I want to read something that you wrote on Instagram. There's two posts that I have, but this one isn't about hoodoo. And this is what you said, okay? All right. This is what Miela said. <laughs> this is what Miela said, okay? This is about a hoodoo. So just because we're going to talk about that for a little bit. Hoodoo. Also known as conjure root work is a system of African-American folk magic that has been practiced in the United States for centuries, not a religion, but a cultural and spiritual practice that combines elements of African religion, plant root work and indigenous practices. Hoodoo has been an important part of the African-American community for generations, even if they don't recognize it as such. It's embedded in our culture, food and heritage, often used for healing, protection, love, financial prosperity, medicine, magic with heavy ancestral reverence that is passed down from one generation to the next by way of just our lifestyle alone. One of the reasons for the enduring power of hoodoo in black communities is its ability to provide a sense of empowerment. This was our freedom and resistance during slavery as we faced discrimination and oppression throughout our history in America. Hoodoo provided a way to reclaim power and agency in our lives through magic when our physical reality in America seemed helpless. Most of all, it provided a cultural identity that kept us intact with our African ancestors, which made it a beacon reminder, relief and comfort of where we come from. And you just talking about your, your candle, right? And your prayer and your heart. Hoodoo. Mm -hmm. Tell us about a little bit about your journey with hoodoo. I mean, that was the beginning of it. But like, mm -hmm. just what you said, like life can. And that's what I meant to tell when I told you, I said, sometimes life is fucking hard. And it's just mm -hmm. like when you're able to use the plants, 
your heart, your words, and mix all that together to create a shift and a change, right? And I want to mention this because I want to say this. You guys know people always talk about manifest your life, manifest your life, and all this stuff, and I've seen that. I've been in different communities. I've been in white communities. I've been in black communities, whatever. But I've realized that one of the things that are not talked about when it comes to manifestation is hoodoo, is ancestor ancestor veneration that is manifestation you are shifting something you are changing something you are creating a new reality when you're using these things together so let's just talk about that a little bit yes um so like i said before i wasn't raised religious but i do come from a baptist background um and i did go to church with my great-grandfather and he was probably not probably he was the first person who introduced me to spirituality yeah um, I remember going to church with him, and my grandfather was deacon, like very well respected Baptist man. And when we would come home, he would all—he was a chef as well. Yeah. He would all have his food cooking and this this beautiful ass soul food that he had in the oven, waiting for us to get out of church. <laughs> That's why I was going to church. <laughs> right. So, listen. So after church, we would it would just be me and him. I was the only grandchild that would come to church with him. You know, none of the other kids would go to church. Yeah. And so after church, he would tell me these stories of the spirits that he sees in his house. Hmm. And one of them particularly was his ex-wife. And he would say, I see her all the time. And hmm. it's because um, he had two daughters with her, my two aunts. And when she was on her deathbed, she told him, if anything ever happens to my daughters, I'm coming back. Okay. I'm coming back for you. I'm coming back for all of y'all. Hmm. And he ended up remarrying my great-grandmother. Because he had two wives. Yeah. You know, we married my great mother, and she was very abusive to the hmm. stepchildren. Hmm. And she came back, and he was like, I don't stop seeing her. Hmm. And I was, and I was a little girl at the time. I'm thinking, I had to be like nine, and I was like, well, Grandpa, what did she say? What did she do? He would describe it to me. Yeah. And he like, she wears a blue dress, and she looks like this, and she's angry with me, baby. She's so mad that I, I didn't protect her. I didn't protect my daughters. I didn't do this. And he was venting to me. Yeah. As a child, yeah, you know what I mean, and nobody else, no grown other people, it was me and my grandpa. He's telling me these stories, and you know where where she lives in the house and what she does, and so that was an eye opener to me to hear yeah. my grandfather talk about something other than Jesus. Yeah, and you know, and he was talking, and I'll never forget those memories as a nine year old little girl. Yeah, um, and growing up, and now as a grown woman, looking back on my childhood, there were aspects of hoodoo everywhere. Like to this day, my mom has these damn bones across her front door. <laughs> I was like, Mom, who told you to put the bones there? She was like, I don't know. It's for protection. <laughs> who told you that? Yeah. I'm like, damn, like, it's like the bones. And I'm just like, where did you get to? Like, I took them out the turkey on Thanksgiving and I put them up there. Wow. Who told you to do that? Yeah. You know, and then I have a, another cousin. Her mother passed. And we were at my mom's house. And she, I mean, her grandmother passed. And she got the grandmother cremated. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, sometimes when I'm, you know, when I'm feeling sad or something, I just take some of her ashes and sprinkle around her. I said, oh, I'm <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I said I'm not touching nobody's ashes. You know? That's hilarious. You know? So I'm like, they got all this idea of me. They think I'm big voodoo in the thing. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not, y'all, y'all don't want playing with the dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know I mean? I'm like, who told you to? I just like to feel her near me. That is has been in my around me all the time. My grandmother, the the abusive grand, great grandmother, she was abusive to me. Yeah. But she was to her other stepchildren. Yeah. Um. She, my grandmother talks about her like oh I could smell her perfume 
things like that coming down the stairs on her birthday Hmm. you know and i had i had a similar experience with her um a couple years ago with some things that she wanted me to do around her birthday and i didn't even correlate that it was her birthday yeah this is a grandmother who died when i was like 10 years old yeah yeah um and so but that's how she was she was very very pushy and she makes her presence known um but all that to say those types of things have been in my my family so whether that's why I said in the caption, whether we call it that, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. We are very uh, spiritual based people. We can see, we can feel, we can hear. Um, so whether we call it hoodoo or not, that's exactly what it is. A shame. And don't you teach a hoodoo course? Now, teach a hoodoo course is a class. We got an active class right now. The next one will be October. Okay. And what's it called? Um, the two black protégés <laughs> okay yeah. I wanted to make sure she said that because I know there's going to be some selfish babes that want to get in and what are the requirements again Miela okay so I, this class is for black women only okay. um, and you know what I have a lot of people asking me about why what because I know that there is this fine line between Afro-Cuban or Afro-Hispanic and Afro-Latina that feel that they want to be a part of this and um with that i'm just like really case by case who it is depending on who it is yeah um for reasons for so many reasons that number one black women just need this space yes um we need this space the space is not just about who do we will i have real life black women in my course crying and talking connecting and telling sacred secrets that they don't talk and you know when black women we get together we like sisters yes you know and so yes. we don't even be talking about the voodoo no more i mean i got girls dumping about so many different things that are wound related trauma related and i know that black women sometimes we just need other black women yes and most times all the time we need other black sisters yeah um there are spaces that are all inclusive for yes. certain things but this is not um because no matter what they're talking about or venting about or crying about it's always going to go back to something ancestral for us and yeah. we get there and we heal there and we talk there. And I had, I, I mean, I'm in the fifth class right now. I've done this five times with this particular class and it always is like that. Yeah. Um, and so my goal has always to be to create safe spaces for black women. The same with the where the waters meet. Yes. Um, it will always be only for black women. Yes. You know, you yeah, know, that's, um, that's, yeah. that's your, uh, that's part of your life work okay i know that and i remember that you said that you said that you love creating communities for black women yes yes and i remember you saying that um when we were on a zoom call or something for wetter waters meet and it was just like that passion in your voice i'm like you love this you love bringing black women together that's what you do and so i wanted to make sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's why i wanted to make sure you know you said it because for my selfish babes to know who can go and who cannot go and what you are about and that's okay um now, I do want to backpedal a little bit because um, even for me, I was like, okay, Miela, I didn't know you was a stripper. Can you uh, take us a little bit about I like, you just dropped it. I was like, okay. <laughs> Let us know a little bit. I just kind of want to know, I guess, when you started, what made you start? Don't know if you're still doing it or not, but like just a little bit about that journey because I have a, another part of something that you shared that I think is very pivotal when it comes to the spiritual community. So just tell us a little bit about okay. that journey. Um. Again, I don't know if this is maybe that faith thing just is kind of like one of the things either it is you or it ain't. Yeah. Because I was very young when I started stripping. I was actually in hair school. Um, I went to Paul Mitchell, went to hair school when I first had my baby. Yeah. And I entered this hair show competition and my model that I was doing her hair, she was a stripper. She was telling me, I was just like, oh my God, like what is it? I'm like, she's listening to her. I'm like, 
So what do you do? You have like sex for money. I'm not learning. <laughs> yes. She's like, no, girl, you gotta do that. You, you know, she's teaching me, and yeah. I'm, just, I'm this young girl, impressionable. Yeah. You know, she didn't coerce me or anything. Yeah. But she did give me this spark, and I was just like, oh. So I went. Mm-hmm. I I didn't have a car. I rode the city bus. I went into that club. I didn't even have an ID. I think I still had like my school ID. All them fucking people didn't give a damn. <laughs> and they let me in their club. Yeah. They let me in my in their club with my little. I had went to Target. Yeah. And got a brown panties, some little raggedy shit. I had my prom shoes. Oh and wow. I, <laughs> and I went in this club, y'all, and they let me work. Wow. And, was, and I'll never forget it. Um, and I ended up dancing from the age of. 19 i'm 30 now to 27 okay 19 to 27 okay um and at the time when i started i was living in charlotte north carolina that's where my mom and her husband are where okay. i had my first baby okay. and i met this guy and i moved to miami yeah literally left everything okay and took my baby and left one of those faith things yeah and was like I'm going, but you know a lot of it had outside of faith. I was very young. So yeah. I'm not recommending this part. Yes. <laughs> hey, we just wanted to know the journey. We just wanted to know the journny. We know it's not a recommendation. It was just like yeah. It's just like, and then we're gonna get into this too. But it's just like. It's a part of your journey, and I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people want to know more about Miela. We want to know Miela's mm-hmm. story, and it's just like, okay, like how was your journey being a stripper? A right yeah, and I love it. When I'm, thinking, <laughs> when I'm thinking about this, my, this Miami story, like my eyes is going like vision, and I'm like, I'm about to tell them so much. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, my eyes still one of my greatest friends to this day yeah you know i was i was very protected in those ways and the moves that i would make making even as as a 19 year old girl yeah with a baby yeah going to strip somewhere yeah um and so i went to miami and when i first started stripping i wasn't making a lot of money hmm. i was just happy to be making like 300 dollars. i'm 19 like damn like 300 dollars. like yeah yeah it wasn't a lot you know um and so when i moved to miami that's what i had Hmm. like three hundred dollars i had i want to say like 350 i'll never forget it yeah and the guy helped me get a hotel and he was out there doing his own thing and i was out there dancing i went to he was the world famous king of diamonds yes and um that's where i danced for the remainder of the time i was dancing after i left um north carolina and i remember at the end of the week he was like look i'm going back to new york it's one day you gotta pay for this room on your own you know, type situation. And I was like, okay, you know, so I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. And I'm out there and I had um, my suitcase and that was it. And yeah. I was going back forth to the club. My whole life was in this one suitcase. Yeah. At the time, I didn't have my baby, too. I, I was going back and forth. Okay. I left her with um, her dad's mom, her okay. dad's grandmother. And so she was there for like a month yeah. without me. Yeah. And, um, I went to King of Diamonds and I started working there and the owner there took care of me. Yeah. Um, and again, like when I talk about those types of men on my story, I know these types of men. Yeah. I know those types of men who have literally given women the world with nothing in return. I share. For nothing in return. I I've been introduced to those men. I've had experiences with those men. And I, those men are still in my life as friends today. I know these people. Yeah. Um, hold near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Where am I at now? Yeah. That's that's where I'm. I, I'm in Miami. Yeah. And 
working at World Famous King of Diamonds, and that was a life-changing, pivotal um, point for me. I feel like a lot of my experiences, not just as a stripper, but in that particular club, yeah. um, shaped the witch I am today. Hmm. Um, the mentality that I have today, my, my fucking, like everything that I know about how to manifest um why comes from that place why why so like why yeah because you said what you learned there is kind of helped you be the what you are today why and mm-hmm. what why and what like that, what that, about that, it that that being able to be in disguise hmm. that witch in disguise yeah that woman in disguise yeah um that money magic that i do still to this day okay um that being able to speak that i say over myself um glamour magic being able as a woman yes being able to put it on yeah and put it out into the world yes give i deserve come to me yes this is wealth is mine all these different things that i learned yes um not just in the club but uh, i danced around some world famous strippers that y'all would know and I learned a lot from them. Yeah. Um, and so that's why a lot of people always ask me about my strip. You, you know, I'm like, girl, that was the best time of my life. I yeah. learned so much. I was in a great city. I was well taken care of. Yeah. And I made tons of money. The guy that I talked about, um, I met him there. The one that I was in that relationship with before I moved to New Orleans. Like, yeah. That was the relationship I was in the whole time I was in Miami. You know, so I have great experiences around that life. Yeah. Great and, memories. And what made you stop? Um, I remember when I was get, preparing to move to New Orleans, like that was one of the things that I wanted to stop. Um, my daughter was getting older. Yeah. Nala was getting older and, and I was like, you know, I don't like being gone at night. Yeah. I don't like being gone at night. Um, my baby's getting older. I kept saying, oh, baby's getting older. Like, yeah. I remember using that as throwing that out there all this time. Yeah. And I said, if I don't, one of the, conversations I had around moving to New Orleans. If I don't leave Miami, I will always be a stripper hmm. because it's so easy to do it there. Yeah. I will never, that's like, like I said, one of my comfort, it was one yeah. of my comfort zones. Like I would yeah. always go back to the club when I need something. Yeah. I want to leave this. I want, I, I have to do something else. Like this, this can't be it. Yeah. And so that was one of my motives to just leave. When you say that, um, fuck, I can't think of her name right now, but she used to be on Love and Hip Hop Miami and she was a famous stripper and I think she was a King of Diamonds. She's short. She blonde. I don't know if her name is Tip or something, but she just talked about how. Yes, she has a book. She has a book, and she talks about. Yes, she. A lot of her music videos. I know she does very well. Nice. I know she talks just about her life as a stripper, what she's experienced, and just talk about how sometimes it can be easy just to stay there. And so when you said, "Oh, I was in Miami," I mean, it's easy. Like it's, I can just do it there. And I would spend money like a freaking drug dealer, and my mindset was like. I'll just make it. I'll just make, make it, it back. It. Yeah. I'll just make it back. And you know, yes, that's a beautiful, abundant mindset to be in. But you know, you know. No, I get it. We <laughs> got to make investments. We got to have more stability. No, I get it. Yeah. Now, I wanted to mention that I'm glad that you were able to speak about that. So I just want to say again, thank you, Mayla, for just sharing you with us really appreciate it. <laughs> you have said this post. Uh, I screenshot it because again. We have said that Mayla is a writer and I wanted to kind of reference some of her posts that she has said because um, they're deep, period. So this is what you said. Okay. You said, not now, now which in the world look like this. 
I'm a practical priestess living in reality with keys to the spiritual realm, blending duality and balancing polarities. I can cure a cold from a chicken in real life, bless your head, put money in your pocket. I'll wear this 40-inch lace wig to ceremony while chasing my roosters at the same time. I'll come to the underworld to have a drink with you at night and hold your hand and commune with you in the morning over coffee and tea. When you're tapped into your birthrights, you get to be free in every way to the point where you will inherit and have access to different levels of freedom even abundance manifests itself in a way where it feels like you live for free over the years i've seen some spiritual that's in quotations folks uphold religious ideology around women and wonder why the magic ain't hitting I've seen patriarchy and misogyny as well as other male-identified, male-pleasing women who condemn other women find its way into spirituality and try to control the image on what a spiritual woman, in quotations, should look like. And it's always made me cringe. How are you going to tell God what to wear and what to do? The divine feminine has no look and can never be controlled, especially not by the masculine, which is her creation. Especially not by the masculine, which is her. Her creation, let's keep that in mind. She must be free and unrestricted. She's raging, chaotic, dangerous, and will swallow you alive like an ocean. Have you ever tried to hold water? It's impossible. The divine feminine is not submissive. <laughs> let's highlight that again. The divine feminine is not submissive. She's threatening and deadly like a hurricane, rebellious and unpredictable, but always in alignment like the weather. You will miss out on so much until you learn to discern your perspective from what spirituality looks like. Most of the time, the look is overcompensating for the lack of actual spirit, alignment, and awareness. While you're thinking you're going to get help from someone who looks spiritual and has a new age or traditionally aesthetically pleasing image, 90% of the time, it's the naked woman on the dance floor with the weave and a drink in her hand that will change your life because she naturally does this work without all the extra and she's tapped into her birthrights. You're not supposed to be able to tell a witch is a witch. The best part of the magic is the truth. Now, I wanted to read this. No, it's so beautiful. I wanted to read this because, yeah, and it's, it's beautiful. Like, you write beautifully. And um, I, I was just so happy to just hear a little bit more about your story and where you've been and where you are. And I really loved reading that because I feel like even me, I've learned that like you said, a witches can be anyone, any woman, look any way. There is no specific type. And I think sometimes with social media, we can just see what it looks like aesthetically. And, and mm-hmm. we can um, we can judge and we can keep out. Because I know that there was one time I had this conversation with a friend at the time. And she was telling me that she felt closed off to the natural girls. She was she was the one wearing the weaves. She was the ones that got got the G wagon, got the weave, love her bougie perfume and all the things. But for the natural girls that got the locks like me, maybe and that are on the incense, she would feel disconnected from them and feel like they were judging her, even though she wanted to be embraced and also learn about spirituality. And so the reason I wanted to mention the, the what you wrote is because we can do that and there's no need for that and it's just like we don't have to judge it can look any way and this is the, the part about duality you do, you do not have to fit in a box 
And so for the, the ladies that are listening right now, you don't have to fit in a box. It doesn't have to look one way. It can look like a multitude of different ways. There's so many goddesses in the world. They don't look all the same for a reason. Absolutely be trickery. Oh, like, shit. You, you should be confused. Like, damn, is she a wizard? Nah, I don't know. Hmm. She got this and that. That's how it's supposed to be. You should yeah. not be able to know my magic. Yeah. You should not be able to know who my, my Ori is, mm-hmm. who, what low eyes sit on my head. You shouldn't be able to know that. Yeah. And so I guess that could be one of the, the cons with the technology today. Yeah. Um, because once a lot of us get this information, like a lot of people that are new to spirituality and African ancestral traditions, um, once we get a little information, we go full throttle. Like, That's we true. get locked. Looking yeah. Know, we start putting, we start putting it on. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And so that could be a detriment to us. Um, and I played in that game for a little bit. You yeah. Know I, mean? I played in that game too. Yeah. And then I learned that I, that, that was blocking me. That's why I say the times when I had the least yeah. knowledge was yeah. when I was the most powerful. The time when I was stripping yeah. was when I was the most powerful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right now I'm just, um, I want to say like the fruits of my labor. Yeah. Right <laughs> That's good. You know, um, maybe that's what it is. Um, and I just have this, this maybe it's just with with time I've been able to just grab things out of the fucking ether. Yeah. Ether. Yeah. But I know that the times when I didn't know is when I was the most powerful. When I had my weed, when I did these things, you know what I'm saying? And so when I felt myself becoming like, oh, I gotta keep I gotta keep my locks. That's one of the reasons I held on to my locks for so long. Hmm. Because I felt like I wouldn't look this part hmm. and that was hurting me yeah it's hurting me yeah um and so when i cut my locks you know and there was a lot of other things personal things too in my life that you know i, I needed to let go of the locks yeah but on a spiritual level on the, on the image level that we're talking um when i cut my locks i held and i was just like thank you yeah thank you for holding my insecurity Aww. thank you for being this for me yeah you know what I mean? thank yeah. you for doing all of those things for me um but it, i got it from here yeah i got it from here thank That's you for it. teaching me i, I got it. it you know thank yeah. you for hiding under them wigs yeah you know what I mean? girl i don't know how you hate them under a wig because i've tried at one point a long time ago no don't work for me <laughs> I would keep them cut okay i would keep them cut and then she would braid them and then put the wig over okay you know? but um so many different things and i buried them i yeah. buried them i thanked them I held them, I hugged them tight because they were my safety net for so long. Yeah. But not just on a spiritual level, but on that aesthetic level. Yeah. Trying to look spiritual. Like, yeah. fuck that. You yeah. know what I mean? And that it was very, as a feminine, we are very um, free-flowing. Yes. Creative. Yes. And it was, it did. Hey, Selfish Babes, old and new. I don't know if you guys know, but if you follow Selfish Babes since 2018 or 2019, then you know I have a free self-love and daily affirmations app called Selfish Babe. Many of my Selfish Babes have found me, Oleniki Osibowale, through my app, Selfish Babe. But if you are a new Selfish Babe and just have happened to hear the podcast and happened to hear my voice, but had no idea that I had a free self-love and daily affirmations app, then please go to SelfishBabe.com slash app and download the app or go to your app store and search selfish babe any app store so that's the apple store or that is the google store and you can download it for free we have over 208,000 selfish babes globally on the app and i want you to become one of them you're gonna get daily affirmations and reminders and let me let you guys know that my affirmations and reminders are not the everyday bland (laughs) 
everyday affirmations, okay? You're going to get a little curse with her too, okay? A little reminder that you a bad bitch, okay? So you're going to get a little bit, a bit of those reminders, okay? So you want to download Selfish Babe today for free in your app store. Link below. Mwah. Love you guys. For me, and I'm not speaking for everyone with locks. Yeah. I know that everyone with locks does not feel this way. Um, for me, it was very restricting. It got restricting. Yeah. As I wanted to be more creative in my creativity, in my expression as a woman, as my, in my womanhood, in my femininity, I wanted to see myself differently. I wanted to play. Yeah. I wanted to play with colors. I wanted to play with wigs. I want. I want braids. I'm getting braids for Beyonce, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm so excited for these Yeah, and you're really seeing yourself. Yes, I said you're really seeing yourself. You really see yourself. Yes. And so now that I see myself, I have to deal with myself. Yeah. And so, you know, whatever the insecurity, whatever I thought I was hiding behind some box, Mm -hmm. whatever I thought I was pretending to be, I I, I didn't have it no more. Yeah. And, you know, and so I had to really look at myself and deal with it. Um, I also cut my locks because I knew I was going to go through an initiation in Africa where my hair was going to be cut and I was prepping myself for that too. Yeah. Like, Let me just cut the locks and then they can do the rest. Like, you know, yeah. so I prepped for that and then it was cut again. Yeah. Like when I cut it, I still had my a little fro, but when they cut it in Africa, yeah. it was skin bald. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, you know, it was like, you know, a big deal, but, um, all that to say to go back to, I feel the most connected to myself when I'm able to, now, now, not when I have my locks. I felt like when I wrote another caption about a lot of times we're overcompensating for things. Yeah. Not that I wasn't spiritual, but I was able to stack it on more. Yeah. And I don't want to stack it on more. I don't want to stack it on more. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be just simplified yeah the way that i'm living now with my house and like even in my my house in the farm i had these lavish altars i had an altar room it was huge yeah i don't have that here yeah you know what i mean because now i'm having to work from a real place hmm. a deeper place yeah i'll say real i'll say deeper hmm. i was able to kind of surface level with it like, hmm. yeah, it works yeah this looks nice hmm. but now spirit is like what you gotta yes Yes. Yes. You don't have those locks no more. You don't have just time to show people does that magic work or not? Yeah. Does that magic work or not? Do you hear us? Are you? You know what I mean? Do you really? Are you really divine or not? Yeah. And so that's what I'm working with in my life now, and it's beautiful. Yes. It's beautiful. 
Um, I really love what you, I love that you talk to your locks when you let them go. Um, I just think that's beautiful in general, just to let let them know what was happening and why. And for me, I think as you get deeper into your spiritual journey, authenticity matters a lot. And so when you're mm-hmm. just mentioning like how you need to be to feel free and what you need in your life to feel free, um, I think that's when people start listening a lot more to themselves and their intuition and what they need. And for me, that is a part of going deeper into your spirituality. So we can talk about having the look all day and that can be a thing, right? And it is a thing for some people. And I just want my selfish babes that are listening to know, I feel like that's why um, for me being a selfish baby is really important is showing up as your authentic self and so a part of your spiritual journey is showing up as your authentic selves in your different phases of life because for me one day you may like this and the next day you may not and guess what bitch it's okay yeah and it's okay and it's okay and I feel like sometimes people yes yes that part sometimes I feel like people are just like oh but I like this and they have to always be this person or always hold on to this thing and it's like no you can change your mind you may have really hated that shit two years ago but right now you really love this shit and you're like oh shit you should be deeply and self aware where you even have the the courage to admit that yes. I was wrong yesterday. I was wrong yesterday. You know that. But today I know this. You know, yeah. like, that's self awareness. Yes. And I think that, like going back to Ennis, there's a lot of people. When I cut my locks, there was a lot of women. I'm always speaking only to women too. There's a lot of women who wrote me like, "I want to cut mine," and thank you. And they sending me pictures of theirs, wow. and now they cut theirs off. And I've been feeling like this. But wow. wanting to hold on to this image, hmm. you know what I mean, and that is restricting hmm. on your femininity. That yes, is restricting on your magic, on how your magic is flowing, how it's not flowing. Yes, um, if you're feeling disconnected from how you look, your, yes, your hair, that is going to be restricted. And yeah. so many women were writing me that. Like, I, I think I was, I posted some of them. I didn't want to expose like so many and like post so many. But a lot of women were writing me like, "Oh my God, like I don't want to cut mine. I've been thinking about it, yeah. you know, but I don't know how." I think that um, as black women in this new age coming into spirituality and we get our locks, we're we're shunned for not having them. Once you once you put out that you're spiritual, um, like I even know that what people will do, they will judge the weave wearer. So That's what I was saying. My friend said that. Your friend who felt, you know, yeah. connected from the lock girl. Um, we, we judge them. You're like, she can't be that spiritual to wear weave. And it's just like, I know some top-notch tip drills. Okay. <laughs> in to this magic that is spiritual. Yeah. You know, like, I have a very close friend now that is super spiritual, top top dollar stripper that has no desire to be in this spiritual shit. Yeah. But he called me and told me the deepest shit. I'm like, bitch, how do you know this? And how did you? Yeah. Because, because spirit divine on who the fuck is listening, who they want to divine on. Yeah. It don't matter. You know, like I said, you're not supposed to know yeah. that someone is a witch. You're not supposed to know that. Why? What, what would make it special and sacred if you knew, like, I'll be able to do my tricks if you know who my Ori is. Wait, I have, I think, and I know this was part of my journey, so I want to share it. Like, when I went to FAMU and I was just learning about black shit, and it was really black psychology, it was like everything black, like learning, going through my blackness. There was a thing, I forgot who the professor was, but it was like these phases of blackness. And it's like when you first learn about, like, slavery and enslavement and all the things, um, you know, you're a certain way. Like, even when I started, quote, unquote, 
becoming natural. Let's just say that. How starting my natural hair journey. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, girl, I was the one telling people, "You're not using this black soap. You know how much chemicals is in this soap." I was in my whole tap ass phase. Okay, it was a whole tap phase, and so I would be like that, and then eventually. When I just let that go and I'm just like, well, I'm just going to focus on me and do my own thing. I don't got to tell people what to do or what they're not going to do. And I accepted everybody as they were. That's another phase. And so I feel like for some of the women that have the locks that are judgmental, they may still be in that phase. I feel like for me, I'm in my I do what I want to do phase. Um, and I focus on me, love myself, focus on my own self-love and my own growth. And then my own personal authenticity, that's really important for me. Like being authentically me is really important for me. And as you said, for me, when you talked about your creativity and like even you needing to do different things with your hair and play, that is how you need to authentically express yourself for your magic to work because everybody's going to need to do different things. Yes. Everybody's magic is not going to work the same. Everybody has different things. And it's like what you said, like you didn't want to feel constricted anymore. You wanted to be free in order for it to flow the way it needs to flow. Why did you catch your eyes? Why I love you? It's like, you're more connected to that than me. Yeah. How are you connected to the hair on my head? Than I yeah. Than I yeah. You know? But that's because people are holding on to what they feel someone should look like to be spiritual yes you know what i mean and but you gotta once you gotta really dig into their life and see what is you really about it or not is you really listening are you really divine or not like fuck them locks fuck yeah. all that stuff like really yeah you know what i mean like i said i could pull some some women that i know from my strip club t- from days yeah into the spiritual community that will put people to shame with locks <laughs> that will give you a, give you a reader with no cost. okay okay you know okay I mean? and you don't it's like don't Period. Yes. And that got it. And that manifestation on on, on goal. That oh, level of protection on goal. Oh, you know what I mean? So I know that and I've been able to experience both of the duality yeah. of that. Um and like I wrote in that caption, a lot of the the reasons that women are told we have to look like this, we have to do this is patriarchy. Yeah. Even in African spirituality, yes. even within our own Yes, it's, it's there as well. This control of women and how we should look and how we yes. should be and how we should, you know, act, but still wanting them to drain us of our spirit. Yes, like, you don't get to you don't get to control me and use me like and need me. You know what I mean? Yes, and that's what that's what's happening to a lot of us black women in the spiritual community. We're yeah. being told to look a certain way and be a certain way, and we have to look this this part. But we're also being drained of our gifts. Yes. You know, so it's like it's not being it's not reciprocated energy. Yeah. Um, and once black women start freeing themselves of that, um, we blossom. We, I you see. Know, and that's just that's where I am right now. I say I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, you know, you cut your locks and so many women wrote you again. Sorry. Why? <sighs> I think this is just this is this is part of the reason why it's just important to be yourself because you honestly never really know um, who you're inspiring or what box like you're breaking the box you're breaking the mold and you don't know what other boxes and molds you're breaking for other people and I'm not saying that that's the point in sharing I'm not saying because sometimes the point in sharing was just for you and it just happened to help yes. other people but it's just yes. like the fact that you did it it's like it just showed people oh it's okay. It's okay for me to be myself. It's okay to wear this 40-inch bust-down, bitch. Okay? And I'm, I'm good. I'm also seeing some spiritual people um, do different things yeah. and, do the, and have these different shifts 
because you're supposed to. Yes. Y'all may see me in 10 years doing something else. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're supposed to. You're supposed to use your human experience. Like, I give myself permission to experience all of these things. Yeah. I give myself permission to experience all of these things, whether it's locks, weave, blind weave, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm giving myself permission. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us are scared, like, to not look a certain way or to fit into a certain image. And only speaking for the spiritual community. Um, and again, I know this is not everyone with locks. When I had my locks, I loved them. Yeah. But when I when it, when I grew out of them, when it was time to let them go, I listened. When yes. it was time to move out of Miami, I listened. Yes. When it was you know, like so these different yes. things, when it was time for these shifts in these next chapters, I listened. Yes. And I moved on. And so you know, it just is what it is. It's about honor and spirit and being spiritually obedient. Yeah, and I said change will always happen. Change is a consistent thing. Supposed to yes. And and that's the thing. Like for you all listening, like what Mayla just said, simply put, is that she listened. She did she it. She obedient. was a she was obedient. Mm-hmm. And again, that may not feel easy in the moment, but as you keep trying and keep going and just keep practicing it it will get easier because obviously for you you're just like i'm pretty sure by now not i'm not saying everything but when things come up you're just like okay by at this point instead of maybe before it's just like mm, i'm not really sure yeah. but of course that could be different with different things but i was very nervous i was very yeah. nervous of how it would be perceived all that but i knew that i did not like y'all want me to do this magic? I can't do it with this hair no more. Yeah. I can't do it because no, I ain't no magic working. Like, the sparks is done. Like the hair is falling off. Yes. Y'all want me to do the candles? The candles ain't working. I can't do nothing because I have this energy on my head yeah. that is done. Yeah. It's time to let it go. Hair is energy. All these things. Let it go. And my hair was telling me. Let me go. It's yeah. okay. You are free. Go do it. Yeah. And I was very nervous, but you know, I had to realize I live in this world and this where image and this aesthetics and how everybody looks with locks and stuff. And like I said, I did it for some time. Yeah. And it, it's time. It was time to let it go. Yeah. No, I definitely get it. You know what started my lock journey? I got I got tired of wearing a puff every day. Literally, I was wearing a puff every single. I was wearing a puff, just a, a headband puff. I used to do dope, like uh, two strand twists and and all these little styles. But when I started wearing a puff every day, I said, "Girl, I think I need to go get some locks because I just don't want to do it anymore. Do you want to yes. do my hair anymore? But I love my locks. <laughs> but um. I just want to say this has been an amazing conversation, Miela, and like I've enjoyed getting to know you more. I know my selfish babes have enjoyed getting to know you more. And I just want to ask you, is there anything else you would like to share with us? Um, I would just say that I hope that by this interview, uh, whether people is the people who have been following me or not. Um, that you see by this interview, I'm a real girl. I'm okay. a real person. Okay. I'm a real ass bitch. I just do. I'm the same. I'm normal, just like everybody else. You know yeah. what I mean? Because um, I have a lot of people who I think see me a certain way. Yeah. And then they have this conversation with me, like, damn. And I hope that this conversation felt like you was talking to your sister. Yeah. Um, not somebody that was above you. Mm-hmm. Yo, your homegirl. You know, I'm hoping that that's what this feels like. We could talk about stripping. We could talk about voodoo. We could talk about <laughs> ancestors. We could talk about money. We, we could talk, talk about all uh, these uh, braids about to go to the floor for the Beyonce concert. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I wanted. That's what I hope that y'all 
um, see me as, as your yes. sister, as your homegirl. Like, I'm cool with that. That's why we, even when we started, like, I don't need I don't need to be addressed by my mambo names and my voodoo names. It's okay. Yeah. Like, because people, um, yeah, that's cool, and I earn those names. But when I want to connect with black women, I know I got to talk to little less deep. Like, I don't want to. It doesn't work. Yeah. Like, we can't connect always on that level. Yeah. Like, we got to connect as homegirls. Like I said in my post, like, we're going to go here and we're going to go to the underworld. We're going to go. We're going to have to. Like, I meet you where. I meet my community where I have to meet them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I know that my uh, everybody doesn't connect on those same levels. So it's easier to connect as myself. Yeah. As my first name, yeah. which is me, Ayla. Yeah. And I hope that. That makes sense. Oh, yes. I'm telling you what. This conversation... <laughs> I'm going to tell you... I'll tell you myself as I'm talking too. But, you know, I feel like this conversation was beautiful. I enjoyed it. I think the energy was great. And even, mm-hmm. like, some of your stories with faith and trust and obedience, oh, they resonate with me. And it's at the right time, at the right moment. And it's just, like, that, re- that reminder. Because when I say change is consistent, change is consistent. And sometimes change is scary as fuck. And you're like, what the fuck in the moment, but having that trust in spirit, having that trust in your ancestors, having that trust in yourself to just go through the change is important and a part of the process. So I just really want to say thank you, Mayela, for being on this podcast today. And I know that we enjoyed it. Selfish babe, are you ready to use products that goddesses use? Okay, then you want to check out my company, Evolving Butterfly, where I create products that will help you on your spiritual and self-love journey. I have our goddess vaginal detox pearls, which is my number one best-selling spiritual womb detox. For those girls that really want to start connecting to their womb space, their yoni spaces, you pray over the pearls, you insert it into your vagina for a couple of days, you physically purge, cleanse, and revitalize your yoni, but not only that, it is a spiritual and emotional cleanse. A lot of times we may be carrying on to emotional baggage. Maybe we broke up with a partner a long time ago, but we're still carrying their energy in our womb spaces. My goddess vaginal detox pearls addresses all of that. And so you want to check that out at evolvingbutterfly.org. Or maybe you want to try one of my crystal yoni washes like Pussy Power for self-love or Sex Goddess for creative energy and pleasure energy, or even Wealthy Woman for my selfish babes that are about getting the bag and the wealth these are plant-based yoni washes they are silky they are luxurious they smell good they feel good they give you that (laughs) cooling sensation to awaken your vagina and all the bottles come with different crystals pussy power with rose quartz uh, sex goddess with carnelian wealthy woman with citrine and then they also have affirmations on the back based on each bottle so if you want to focus more on self-love then pussy power would be for you and then we also have my queen's vaginal steam herbs if you already have your seat and your gown and you're just looking to get some more vaginal steaming herbs i have the queen's vaginal steam so make sure to check out my company evolving butterfly at evolvingbutterfly.org links below 